My name is Tracy Bauer, and this is Syracuse University GradCast. In this episode, you will hear my conversation with Jeff DeAndrea, who is a Syracuse University alumnus. I first met Jeff back in 2010 when I interviewed for my job at Syracuse University as he was a graduate assistant in the Career Services Office. Since Jeff has graduated with his Student Affairs Counseling degree, he's gone on to hold a variety of different roles related to either recruiting, such as his position at Microsoft, or working with technology companies in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is his hometown. This episode will give you lots of tips and advice regardless of whether you're looking to work in technology or in other industries. Jeff provides so many different insights and if you're particularly interested in living in the Bay Area, he has some ideas for things that you should do when you move there as well. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation I had with Jeff. So I'm Jeff DeAndrea. I'm a Syracuse grad. Uh, master's degree in student affairs counseling from the School of Ed in 2012. Um, glad to be on this podcast today because I've done some interesting things in the world of helping people get jobs. Uh, I've been a university recruiter uh, at Microsoft, uh, focused on recruiting for software engineer roles uh, at underdog colleges across the U.S. and Canada. And so that really gave me a lot of insight into how to get in with, you know, one of the top companies in the world. Uh, and then after that, I worked at a, a couple uh, colleges uh, to help them to take that knowledge and help them do recruiting better at, at their at their career centers. And that's uh, at Stanford, where I, I focused on tech and startups recruiting for them for three and a half years. Uh, and then in the startup side, most recently at Make School, uh, where I was their head of career services and outcomes uh, and help their computer science students kind of break into their first job in, into the tech sector. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Jeff, you and I go way back and we've been chatting and catching up with each other since we haven't lived in the same location in several years. And I said, oh my gosh, you have so much great experience and our students want to get into a lot of careers and companies that are related to technology and in the Bay Area. So I wanted to ask you a few questions to help our students learn a little bit more. So the first question is, how can a student stand out to a recruiter at a big tech firm? All right, yeah, no, I think this is a great question and it's it's very timely um, as, as it's about to be the beginning of the school year here and recruiting season really begins now. Um, so if I put my recruiter hat back on from when I was working, you know, at, at one of these big tech giants, what worked on me, what, what helped someone go from resume in front of me at a career fair or an email that, you know, they got their resume to me and putting them into the yes stack versus the no stack of resumes, right? Um, plain and simple. Number one that comes to mind, a referral, uh, if you can, when someone got a referral, like I remember going to a, a career fair uh, in, in Canada, came back, flew back home with this stack of resumes. Here's my yes stack, right? I'm going to interview these people. I remember getting an email that first morning back in the office, a referral. Guess what? That person kind of just jumped right to the top of it, to, to the top of my yes stack. It's, it's kind of a shortcut. Um, why? The person that referred them was a software engineer themselves, said, hey, I think pretty highly of this person. As a recruiter, in a lot of ways, you're a salesman and you got to meet your quotas. 
uh, plain and simple. That's, that's, uh, what's underneath that job. And so that's a pretty fast route for me to think this person's really worthy, how I can meet my goals. Right. So anyway, a referral is number one that comes to mind. Um, after that, uh, I'd say, can I ask you something about the referrals? So, so many students are always looking for referrals and they might ask someone, can you refer me to a position or something like that? But what if they don't know somebody who works at the company? And maybe we'll talk about this in a little bit, but so how do they get a referral? Do they have to network? Do they have to know somebody really well? What does a referral mean to you when it comes from one of your employees already? Wow, that's huge um, because... Let's just say you're trying to get into Silicon Valley at one of these companies here and you're across the country at Syracuse. Um, my advice on how to get that referral is one, find someone, go on LinkedIn. You want to get an internship or a job at Facebook. Go to Facebook on LinkedIn, go to their company page, look at the alumni there tab, um, type in Syracuse, you know, and then just see who pops up. You can also go to Syracuse's alumni page and filter by Facebook. But either, either way, find someone that you're in common with, say uh, you went to the same school, and then reach out to them and say, hey, I'm, I'm a student. I'd love to, if you, have, if you could spare 30 minutes for a Zoom coffee chat, would love to, to ask you about particularly this part of their career. And you'd be surprised how many people would say yes. So that's number one. But what if you're in a little bit of a time pinch? You're, you're, you're graduating soon you don't really have time for a bunch of coffee chats um because you don't well the next strategy i would recommend is type in university recruiter into linkedin filter by that company say facebook um, and then make a very articulate reach out there of here's in your connect request something that is very like this is why i'm a, a really solid candidate in a few words would you please uh, pass my info to the aligned recruiter? You can do that. And you can also reach out to hiring managers. So software engineering manager, you can play with the wording, but find hiring managers as well and make that cold reach out. Oh, one interesting note on this. I, I remember as a recruiter, people would reach out, a student might reach out um, and they might ask if they could, do you have time for coffee to talk more about the role or something like that? Just know recruiters don't have they're not really interested in doing that with, with candidates. There's, there's too much volume. There's too, much, uh, too many people that they'd have to do that with. They just really want to know if you're qualified or not. And then they'll move forward and go ahead and pass you on if, if you are. But no coffee with them. Coffee's for those, those, those kind of more mentoring conversations with someone in the job that you want to be in. Great. That's really helpful because I think sometimes it does get confusing. Who should I reach out to? Will recruiters want to do this networking with me? And it seems like reaching out to people who work in the roles that interest you would be a much better idea. So I just want to ask you two quick follow-ups. When you say that you had a stack of resumes from going to a career fair, or say you're recruiting for an opportunity, especially a graduate student opportunity, someone who's applying fresh out of their graduate program. How many people would you get applying to opportunities? Was it five, dozens, hundreds, thousands? I think that will help students to understand that how much competition they have, you know, when they apply, when they're applying online with a, a large tech company. There was a lot. I mean, 
you know, at a big tech company, you probably have anywhere from like 20 to 40 recruiters that are, you know, for me, I had like eight schools that were under my belt. Sometimes a recruiter will have two schools. Um, and then for each of those schools, say Syracuse is one of my schools I recruit for, I'll probably, for a software engineer intern role, I'm guessing I'll probably see anywhere from like 50 to 100, maybe 75 to 125 applications, something like that. Um, and that may sound like a lot, but believe me, if you want to get in with one of these you know, top companies, I think the, the best time to do it actually is right out of school or, or for, an, for a full-time job or an internship right when you're in school. Because as much as 150 might sound like a lot of people, if you apply to you know, a big tech company 10 years into your career, now it's not 150 people you're applying against. It's, it's hundreds, maybe even thousands. And they have years of experience. Whereas your competition is 150 or so people, call it, with almost no experience, right? So that's a, lo a little less of a high bar, I would say. Great. So knowing that there is a lot of competition for applications and things like that, what should students be looking to do on their resume to help them set themselves apart? As, as I think back to what worked on me and getting into that yes stack, plain and simple, when someone had software engineer intern, okay, if you're so if they had that role on their resume somewhere, it for me was almost a guarantee I probably need to send this person to a first round interview. Why? Because some other recruiter looks like they already had interviewed this person, they got the, the job or the internship. Um, they're kind of doing the job for me, right? So that's what number one, if you can get that title on there. Now, what if you what if you don't have that title yet, because you're going for your first internship? Well, this is where I've seen students get really creative and help students get creative with like finding a startup, right? Startups tend to not have a ton of budget. If you reach out to a starving startup, go to AngelList, look at the startups there, not just in Silicon Valley, but across the country, maybe even the world, reach out to them. Say you're willing to, you're willing to help out if you guys are open to me being an intern. I've seen students get experience that way. There's often local businesses in, in your community back home that you can do some work for them. Um, sometimes, sometimes college, so college courses even have an industry, industry collaboration uh, project where you're collaborating with a, a business through a class. But to me, you can, you can kind of finagle that into a software engineer intern or software engineer wording on your resume and that that works a lot. And when students are applying to different opportunities, I know sometimes it can be rather frustrating getting rejected at any part of the process, whether that's not even getting an interview or getting rejected after a round or two of interviews. So any advice about what happens if you get rejected or get a no from a company? My advice, if you get rejected uh, from one of the companies you apply for, maybe if it's even your, your top choice, is one, know that it's not a no forever. I've actually seen someone that applied three years in a row and on the fourth year, get in. So know that these companies understand this is a very, like, in college, you're develop, you're, it's very developmental and you're leveling up all the time. So you might not have hit the, hit the mark this time, guess what? I'm going to keep that person on my future interest list 
and check in with them in six months or a year because they'll probably intern somewhere else. They'll probably learn more in class. They'll probably get past our interviews then. So it's not a no forever. Um, I've also seen in, in, in speaking with recruiters, a few recruiters that say, you know, when a student, generally it's hard for them to get, give them feedback on, on why they didn't get the job. But once in a while, if a student really articulately and thoughtfully asked, is there anything that I could do to be better next time? Something like that. Um, once in a while, a recruiter will get that back to you. So don't be afraid to ask. So earlier you mentioned that it is recruiting season for technology. And while you have so much experience in the tech sector, I think a lot of what you're saying applies to other industries and opportunities as well. But knowing that specifically the fall time of year is recruiting season, can you give any advice specifically to those students looking to work in technology? I wouldn't. My advice is I wouldn't wait uh, to get your resume polished and get your name out there um, as soon as possible. Uh, the amount of opportunities is most great here at the beginning of the season, the beginning of the year. The longer you wait, roles are getting filled. There's just going to be less on the table for you to apply to. So when it comes to applying for a job or an internship, I think a lot of folks will, will think of it submitting your resume on a, the career site for this company. But I actually think there's like a lot of different, a lot of different entrances into this building. It's not just the front door, right? The front door being submitting the online application. The other entrances are like, hey, why not find a hiring manager, a recruiter, and straight up just reach out to them on LinkedIn, articulately with, with, with a connection request, uh, which is free for everybody, and just say why you're very qualified. And that also is applying. In fact, you're getting right into the, the recruiter's personal inbox at that point. Um, so that's, that's one way. And actually, about a little less than a year ago, uh, here in Silicon Valley, I, I hosted a panel of recruiters from some of these elite companies. There was four, four of them. And I asked this question and to them directly. I was like, is it cheating? Is it cutting the line if, if a job seeker or a student reaches out to you via LinkedIn um, and says, hey, I'm really interested in a role at your company? Is that like not preferred? And unanimous on that panel, they all said, you all should be doing that. You all should be reaching out to me um, as, as much as we might be shy to do that as a job seeker. They all said yes. So it's something I think is underutilized. Um, so that's, that's one way to apply. And then the, the more, if you have more time is, and I, I, I encourage you to do this earlier in the year before you need them uh, years down the road, but reach out to, to alumni for these coffee chats, develop that relationship, check in with them every six months with what you're, what you're doing in your academic career. And then one day, hopefully that can turn into a referral. That's a, but, but don't be afraid to also just shoot that straight shot and, and, and reach out to these folks on LinkedIn. Do know that when you're reaching out to folks on LinkedIn, it's a bit of a numbers game. So for every 10 people you reach out to with this connect request, if you hear back from one or two of them that accept your request, that's, that's a good hit rate. Okay. So just know 
not everyone's going to get back to you and just a little bit of thick skin on that. And that's incredibly important. I talk to students about that all the time. They'll come to me and say, networking is not working. And I'll say, okay, do you know, do you have any idea how many people that you've reached out to? And they'll say, I've reached out to three people and no one's gotten back to me. And I reached out to them yesterday. And I think in this climate of us always hearing back from people pretty quickly that we forget that people we may not know might use LinkedIn or other, you know, their email or different methods in different ways. And so expecting that immediate response is most likely not going to happen. You may be waiting weeks or months. So it's like you said, it's a numbers game. Keep reaching out to people. They will get back to you. Not everyone will. And it's not anything that you did wrong. It's just a matter of maybe they don't check their LinkedIn messages or they didn't have time and they forgot. Your time as a job seeker is different than someone who's working full time. Time is going to move a little bit slowly for you. And as you think about these LinkedIn reach outs for, uh, you know, you want to reach out to these key players in tech, these recruiters, these software engineers you might reach out to are getting a lot of inbound on LinkedIn. A lot of recruiters want to recruit software engineers, so they're getting a lot of reach outs. And a lot of people want to work at tech companies, so recruiters are getting a lot of reach outs. So this gives even more reason to make sure you're utilizing the career services that you're at Syracuse and, and making sure your materials, your reach outs are very crisp because you only have one, one shot at a first impression. All right, so now you're, you're ready to send this LinkedIn Connect request to a recruiter or a hiring manager. Now it's actually really important that we're very eloquent and articulate in this connection request. You only have a few characters um, to send this, right? So very important to say, hey, I'm interested in X role at you know their company. Here, one sentence on you that is like kind of a selling point um, about you for this role. So that might be that you've interned in the past or done some really re very relevant research. Um, but what's a, a selling point about you? Uh, and then oftentimes you'll say, can you please share my profile with the aligned recruiter? Um, and so again, just be very articulate, uh, and very succinct in giving a selling point about you uh, in this connect request. Great. I think that's incredibly helpful. And these are the types of things that we keep trying to learn from you as someone who worked in the industry specifically and from different employers is how can students stand out? How can they make a difference? How can they show that they're interested while also not being bothersome, you know, too aggressive or things like that? So when it comes to applying for a job or an internship, I think it's very important to think a little more broadly than kind of straight up sending your resume through a career site uh, for you name it company. There's actually a other ways to apply. And one of the main ones is LinkedIn. Um, I mean, I think our goal when you do send that resume through a career site is that hopefully a recruiter sees it or a hiring manager after that sees it. What LinkedIn is really useful for is you can actually find those university recruiters, in quotes, university recruiters, um, or hiring managers, like a software engineering manager, a senior software engineer, people more senior. You could find those folks on LinkedIn and 
send a connect request. And to me, that's kind of a great way to get your profile um, showing all the great things about you right into their, you know, they get a personal uh, and, and a ping in their personal email box. So just just important to think a little more broadly on how how we define applying for a job. When thinking specifically about the Bay Area, can you talk a little bit about what the culture is like, what it's like to live in the Bay Area? This is where you grew up, right? And where you're uh, living now. So talk to us a little bit about what it's like since so many of our students are going to be interested in that area or are going to be getting jobs in that area. I'm a little biased. You know, I was born in San Francisco and grew up here. Um, but I've also been able to travel to places like and live in places like Syracuse in Seattle and now make being back here. What is it like as you think as a, as a grad student thinking about where to live potentially for your first role? Um, I think this place is so rich in opportunity. It's kind of a gold rush. There was a gold rush here many years ago, actually, a real gold rush. And I think it's is like a gold rush 2.0 with folks that want to, that have a great idea and they are going to go get that venture funding and start a company and recruit great people to work at these companies. And there's just a lot of uh, ambition here. Um, not unlike probably New York City, uh, you know, too, but so much ambition. And I see a lot of people coming here right out of school, leveling up in their career. And really, that launches them into such a great trajectory uh, for what's next. And some people choose to live here for a long time. And some people now go live remote, you can live anywhere, especially in, in these tech, tech companies more and more. Um, so just a, a ton of opportunity. Uh, it's also really expensive here. <laughs> so because there's so much really good talent here this 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 talent is also uh you know gets paid a lot and so i think that pumps up the real estate along with the weather being great here people want to be here um it's an if you ask me it's an incredible place i think you should if you have an opportunity to at least even intern here um you know bring bring some good sunblock and all as we get we get really good weather um but i think the conversations the type of people you're going to meet uh, it's just, my gosh, you know, you're, 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 you're going to, you're, it's, it's a life-changing move, I will say. Thinking about when you're living and working in San Francisco in the Bay Area, do you have anything that's like the funnest must do if students are out there interning or something that they should do if early on when they are living there? I know when I visited you several years ago, you took me across the Golden Gate Bridge which I think was $8 for us to go. And then you just turned around and took me right back, but that was fun. So what is there for, you know, for fun? What's the number one thing that people should do if they're in San Francisco or the Bay area? If you can narrow it down. Gosh, uh, there's a, there's, yeah, there's like number ones, you know, uh, multiple. I mean, one thing that I think is kind of underrated is going to, this island called Treasure Island, which is uh, it's an island that sits between San Francisco and Oakland. And um, you take the Bay Bridge to get there. And the view of San Francisco from there is is like one that actually a lot of people from here, it's like, hey, have you gone to Treasure Island? Sometimes I'll get a no. And I'm like, whoa, in, in night or in day, in the daytime, uh, it's, it's such a, a great view. Um, 
and it's free. So that's one thing that comes to mind. Others, make sure you go to Alcatraz, um, book that a month or two in advance. Um, Sausalito also has wonderful views across the water. Um, but the food, you got to make sure you eat, get get to the Mission District and have some Mexican food for sure. But the, the cuisines across all the different cultures here is, is so rich. It's it's competitive. People have, people have really good... Uh, there's a lot of diversity here, so you have to make sure your food's on point. This podcast that we have started over a year ago now is for our graduate students, and you were a graduate student here in the School of Education. Can you talk to me just a little bit about your experience as a grad student and any pieces of advice you'd have for current graduate students? What was my experience like at Syracuse? Uh, I had an incredible, rich, fast, uh, and and just a great experience there. Um, you know, I drove cross country from San Francisco uh, and in my Prius, and I, you know, I I didn't even visit Syracuse before I before I came. I just knew this was it. You know, um, I I got a scholarship to go there, which I'm I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for as a graduate assistant. Um, but, I, but I just learned so much through class in the School of Ed. I was working 20 hours a week in the Career Center with, with Tracy um, as a career counselor, you know? And um, I think what I got out of Syracuse was I, I earned the experience, uh, learn, you know, the learnings and resume builders that to set me up for success after Syracuse. And so, my advice to current grad students is make sure you really enjoy uh, and have fun, you know, live in the moment, you know, you're only going to do this once, most likely. Um, I know it's really snowy there and that could be tough to enjoy sometimes, but you know, it's really unique too, if you're not from a place that's snowy. but it's just, the people are awesome. And while you enjoy it, make sure the key is you're gaining those really resume building experiences that make it this really worthwhile by the time you leave. So have a great time, you know, but also make sure you're leveling up uh, in your professional experiences so that you can go get that job a little more easily when it's time. Students and job seekers try and get internships and jobs in Silicon Valley is, um, you know, big tech companies versus startups. Oftentimes I, I think the startups get a lot less applications job applications uh, inbound than the big tech companies. Makes sense, right? Like, of course you want to maybe go intern at Google for sure, right? But what about the startup you've never heard of? And so know that that you can use that to your advantage as you think about uh, where to apply. Uh, maybe even make that cold reach out via LinkedIn to a straight up COO, CTO uh, at these startups. Because guess what? I don't think they're getting a lot of people that reach out. And at the end of the day, that, that key being, if once you get that job title for, for software engineers, say software engineer intern on your resume, that really, that's when the floodgates open. That's when you're going to get a lot of recruiters reaching out to you on LinkedIn. Or, and when you send your job applications out, you're going to get a lot more interviews. So getting that key experience, even at a startup, could be a game changer. Is there any last piece of advice that you would give to students or job seekers that are looking for opportunities? You know, what really comes to mind there is if you're not getting the results that you're looking for, AKA interviews, 
offers for internships or jobs. What it really boils down to when I think about how have I been able to help people most and now, even if you don't meet with me, how can you help yourself? It all comes down to making adjustments. If you're not getting interviews, we should stop sending that res that same resume out. We need to change something, even if you think it looks great and your friends have said that and you've got it checked multiple times. Guess what? It's time to go to new people and get get some different insight. So when you're not getting the results you're looking for, oh man, I always get to the interview stage and then I, I don't get past that. What are the adjustments I can make? It's all about making those adjustments. And that's something that we can help you with at the graduate school, helping to figure out where is the maybe glitch or the struggle and how we can help you to maybe be more confident in interviews, answer questions more concisely, or even look at your resume and say, your resume looks great, but have you tried networking? Have you done any outreach? Because applying to jobs online doesn't work very often compared to networking. So we can help you to kind of understand how your strategy is going and how we can help you to hopefully make some improvements that deliver a little bit better results for you. I actually remember when I was a grad student and finishing up at Syracuse, again, working in the career center as a grad assistant, I wasn't getting the amount of interviews. I was like, why aren't I getting more interviews when I was sending my stuff out? And I swallowed my pride and I remember actually reaching out to Tracy, a colleague, and we're on this call together saying, hey, like, what do you think I can improve on this resume? And that was actually kind of hard for me to do because I was like, I'm helping people with their resumes, right? But I was so glad I did it because I remember after getting some advice from her, again, swallowing my pride, time to ask for help, make an adjustment. Um, interviews came pretty soon after that. I feel like I need to put an asterisk and say, like, results may not, the results will vary. <laughs> But I'm glad that I was able to help you out with that. Um, that was good. I'm glad you remember that. It's funny that you remember those things and I don't remember at all. And I think it is kind of humbling sometimes. Students feel like I've worked really hard on my resume and now I'm very anxious to have somebody look that over. And what we come from is a perspective of trying to help you and teach you and not from a perspective of judging you or thinking, oh, this is this resume is terrible. No wonder you're not getting, you know, calls. So we try to help you out and we aren't judging you at all. We understand that you're studying your discipline and not necessarily how to get a job. And that's where we come in by trying to teach you those aspects and hopefully help you to get some of those results. One other learning I've seen um, helping folks get jobs in Silicon Valley and all is oftentimes, and this isn't even Silicon Valley specific, you know, when you think about applying to a job, you're like going to Indeed. And if a job is posted, those that's what's there. It turns out it's kind of like an iceberg. There's a lot of jobs that are underneath the water. Like they're not visible yet. They're not posted yet, but they will be posted soon. Right. And so with that, that's where that kind of reaching out to folks on LinkedIn, you can kind of front run, you know, early bird catches the worm kind of thing. Um, because sometimes a job will be posted soon on that team that you're really interested in. And it's why not reach out to, to, uh, to someone on that team? Cause if they, they have that insight. They know when someone's probably going to be, Oh, someone's going to be leaving in three months. Okay. So the job's going to open up sooner than later. Um, and somewhat related to, to this with startups, they might not have an internship posting 
or a new grad posting for a role that you're interested in. But guess what? Startups are really nimble, agile, and if they meet the right person, they'll like make it happen. I've really seen this happen. And so reaching out to a startup where you actually, man, my the research I do in my lab or just the work I've done in my grad career actually aligns with this company so much, reach out to them because you'd be surprised how many times they'll just make create a role for the right person. That's really great that startups do that. And it's great to keep in mind that as you're thinking about where you want to work, making a list of companies, because like you said, they may not have the job posts now, but that doesn't mean that they won't in an hour or tomorrow or in a week. You never know. So making those connections is incredibly important. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and answering so many different questions and giving students some great advice for working in tech and really in any discipline, reaching out to companies and things like that. So I appreciate you taking the time and sharing your insights with all of us. Tracy, it's been great catching up with you, and I hope the students learned something useful uh, through through our talk today. Okay, so we are recording and I can see that we've got the sound there. Welcome to the Tracy and Jeff show. Established January 2011. I I still find it really amazing that you were the person that met me at the Sheraton for my interview for the job at SU. I remember you had a bag of shoes. (laughs) Because it was winter. (laughs) I was like, man. This East Coast thing, I got to get used oh, to. This is all oh, good. that's right. Yeah, because you just wear shoes and that's a thing. And here in central New York, it's you wake up some mornings mm-hmm. and it's 20 degrees and then it's 60 by the end of the day or it's 80 and then it's 40. So you have to always be prepared or you just suffer. <laughs> it was all different. Even the, the first day it snowed, I remember I was like, I did the California distance when I like was uh, coming to a red light stopped and then i went right into someone's bumper on the first day Ouch. it snowed and then she was great she like came out she's like hey it looks great we're fine we just went on we didn't, wow like we didn't even do anything that's yeah. that's pretty good yeah the california yeah. stopping does not work i feel like though everybody in central new york has to remember how to drive every year when there's the first snowfall it's like everybody's mm. kind of like a brand new baby deer and their just legs are just splaying out and then they just have to take it very mm-hmm. slowly in order to be successful. Mm. So. Yeah, I miss, I miss, I miss that, that area. I miss Syracuse for sure. Jeff was so excited to share so many additional tips with you all that he wanted to share this one about interviewing. So take a listen. And again, we hope you enjoyed and have a great rest of your day. I mean, one of the, the things that has come up quite a few times um, when I'm able to speak with recruiters and get feedback on how um, students have done on interviews, frankly, which is um, kind of really useful information. Um, The thing that I'm seeing come up a lot is when students get, or when a job seeker gets the question, tell me about a project you worked on um, and it's time to give that answer. It seems like we're often kind of just giving a relevant project when what the recruiter or the hiring manager is actually looking for is they're looking to hear about a really challenging project that you worked on where you may have even 
struggled a little bit, but went through some above and beyond efforts to work through it and come to a, a real positive kind of outcome and result. And so I think that's something to really have in mind and be ready with a one, two, maybe three of these for your, for your interview, a challenging above and beyond effort type of project, not just a project. Um, I think this is really important for, for students and job seekers out there.